Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. We're coming to you from the DeMarini Demo House podcast nook here at Baseball America's world headquarters in uh, stormy Durham, North Carolina. Reminding you that when it comes to buying a baseball, DeMarini changes the game. Introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right and visit your nearest Demo House today. Locations and full details can be found at demarini.com backslash Demo House. Aaron Fitt, welcome to another, the last regular season podcast of the year. My, how the time has flown by. For um, you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, I think, uh, no, I think it's actually dragged on quite a bit. No, you're right. It's been a, it's been a grind of a college baseball season, Aaron, because there's basically 10 or 11 good teams. Yeah. And another weekend of churn at the top of the rankings, not much movement, but the, the rest of the rankings have had a lot of movement, Aaron, and it's really, I think we've established by this time who the favorites are in college baseball. Right. Let's start really quickly. At the top of the rankings, I think it's the most cut-and-dried top five we've had in a long time, maybe. Well, I mean, the, the last, I feel like the last few weeks has been pretty close to, to the chalk. Top, the top four have separated themselves. I, I'm oh, wondering, yeah, yeah. And that's actually where I wanted to start. Is Coastal Carolina at the same level as Virginia, Texas, Arizona State, and Florida? Uh, I mean, not as far as their resume. Uh, I think the resume, despite the fact that they've dominated Big South uh, to a ridiculous degree, 25-0, and 0, um, I don't think their resume is quite there with those teams because of the, the strength of schedule. I mean, it's just not, you know, they just haven't been tested to the degree that those other teams have. I think I really would think differently of them if they'd won that series against San, San Diego. Diego. I know that's only one weekend, but San Diego basically got well by going to Coastal yeah. Carolina and winning. And earlier in the year, when teams from the East, some of them, not that many of them, but teams from the East went to the West Coast, we talked about, boy, it's really tough to make that cross-country trip and then win. And San Diego made that cross-country trip and won at a team with a ridiculous RPI, right. a team that didn't really get tested at all in its conference, a team that just lost a midweek game. Granted, it was a midweek game, but College of Charleston went in there and, and beat them. They and can't Charleston, beat College of Charleston. Charleston what it is. is. Well, I think a big part of it is that College of Charleston has some velocity. Yeah. College of Charleston has some hard throwers, and maybe that's the Achilles heel for Coastal Carolina because – I don't think Coastal – I think it's a good point. I don't think they've got elite – uh, bat speed guys in the middle they, of the lineup. I mean, they they've don't. got guys like Jose Iglesias and Tommy Lestella are really good college hitters. Right. Who are, you know, who are going to punish. Uh, who are going to punish? You know, mid eighties velocity, maybe upper eighties. I mean, they can. You know, those guys are good, but but they're not going to. They're not going to hit Texas's pitching staff. And that's know. my concern is San Diego's pitching staff, which is one of the best in the country, went in there and and in the words of uh, Flava Flav, shut them down, shut them, shut them down. That said, I think Coastal in many ways. Uh, can, can get around that problem because of the speed at the top of the lineup with Noel and, and Woodward. They can manufacture runs. They don't have to put crooked numbers up there to beat yeah. you. That's a, they have good pitching in Mayo and, and, right. and, and Wheeler. They have one and one A. And, and they've got a good deep got a, staff, too. They've got a good, right. They've got, they've, got, uh, they've got depth. Guys like Birmingham, Austin Fleet out of their bullpen. They've got experience. They've got some good arms in their bullpen. They have depth. There's a reason why they're this good. It's not that they have this record. It's not just because they're in the Big Big South. Right. I think they'd be a top ten team in any league they were in. I agree. But I think they're one of the most complete teams in the country. You've I, said that all year. And I do think that, that number five in the country is about where they fit as far as talent and ability. I mean, and they're 47-7. and seven. Let's right. not completely poo-poo their resume. <laughs> Absolutely. No, they, we're, we just talked about four of their seven losses, yeah. two to Coastal, yeah. two to San Diego. The rest of the country, they've got three losses. Bring it. You know, they'll play anybody, too. Yeah. It's not because they don't want to schedule. Gary Gilmore, they will schedule anybody. Sure. 
Uh, but I do think, uh, I think you agree with me, Virginia, Texas, Arizona State, and now I think you have to put, for sure, Florida yeah. in that mix. From the weekend, two of the most impressive series of the, of, the, of, the, of the weekend were Florida going to South Carolina, winning two out of three, and then I guess Clemson sweeping Florida State. was a Didn't see that coming. That's right. We didn't see that coming. Let's talk first about the Gators. Uh, you, do, you, you, did a, you previewed that series. Anything in that series surprise you at all, or did Florida I pretty mean, much play the way they played? Yeah, you, you know, it, it. it went how I expected. I think I said in the chat last week that I thought Florida was going to go up there and take two out of three because I think Florida's just a little bit better than South Carolina. Um, and, and that's what they were. They were just a little bit better. They weren't a lot better than South Carolina. There were close games up there. Uh, but, you know, I just think Florida's just a little bit more complete uh, than, than South Carolina is. And, and they have a little more power. Right? A little more power in the middle. That's one separating factor, really, yeah. isn't it? You're right. With, with Austin Maddox and Preston Tucker, and now Brian Johnson has kind of given them a third uh, yeah. power threat in the middle, a left-handed bat there. Uh, and that guy has, has been really key for them, not only on the mound, but also as a, a nice power threat in the lineup uh, who's kind of stepped up late. Um, you know, obviously they play great defense. I think they might be just about the best defensive team in the country. I mean, they're certainly in the, in the discussion for that. It's incredible. Did Fontana make any errors this weekend? Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't checked those boxes. But no, and we were just looking at Clemson. We're talking about Clemson, which swept Florida State this weekend, gets yeah. back in the rankings. Had really been stumbling. I mean, they lost to Wake Forest, for crying out loud. Right, this year. right. And kudos, by the way. To, uh, is it Tom, Tom uh, Walter? Tom Walter finished strong a little bit. They, I think they lost. I think they won three of their last four series. They, they, they definitely beat Maryland this weekend. They beat Clemson last weekend. I think they beat Duke. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Duke, exactly right, John. So I'm pretty sure they won three of their last four series. And we see a lot of teams that we've banged on this year as being you know poor, like a Georgia. Kudos to Georgia. They did not go out like suckers. They competed that's right. hard. That's right. Kudos to Wake Forest. They played some a little bit of that spoiler role, you know. Yep. Clemson bounced back from it and, and swept the series. But then you contrast that with a team like Southern California, which has won one series, I guess, in the Pac-10 all year. One series all year. Got swept four times. Got swept again this weekend by Washington gave State. Up, John, they gave up this weekend the most runs in a three-game series they've ever given up in program history. It's embarrassing. I mean, if I were a Southern California alum, uh, I would be so ill, it's not even funny. I mean, it's and if I were Mike Gillespie, certainly, I would be sitting back smoking a cigar and laughing if I weren't the father-in-law of the head coach. That's right. I mean, it's almost like his father's a district attorney, you bad. It's just so, <laughs> it's, it's so mind-blowing that Southern California fired Mike Gillespie to bring in Chad Cruder. I'm on a tangent. I just can't believe it. I'm embarrassed for Southern California, and I think it's terrible for college baseball that Southern Cal is this bad. Let's get back on task, though. Florida, I think, for sure, Aaron. Yeah. For me, they're one of the t- they are interchangeable Absolutely. with Virginia, Texas, Arizona State. That is a very clear top four, and, and I threw this question out on Twitter yesterday. Who should be the number one overall seed? Virginia, Ooh. Texas, Arizona State, Florida all have, I think, really good cases. That's um, a good question. I don't have the answer to that question. Um, I would probably, I'd I probably go with Virginia, Virginia but, I, but I don't know if that's going to happen. They have the number two RPI yeah. with Arizona State number one. Arizona State still has a regular season series. I think if I will say this: wins, if for Virginia wins the ACC tournament, Virginia will be the number one seed. I think you're probably right. Over, even over Florida, Florida wins the SEC. I think yeah, Florida has a little bit tougher road. They got to face Anthony Renato Wednesday in the first game of the SEC tournament. Yeah. And that's yeah. not your average 880 ERA guy, right? Right, whatever right. he is. So. I will say this for Arizona State's case: I think you know there's there's a really good case for Arizona State. It's a great conference, and they're they're winning it pretty easily. Yeah, they are. Uh, what I really like about their resume, looking at WarrenNolan.com's nitty-gritty report right now, 22-6 uh, and six against the top 50, Arizona State, 32-7 uh, and seven against the top 100. Wow. 
Virginia, you know, also pretty good, 18 and 7 against the top 50, uh, 26 and 9 against the top 100. I good, but not win, quite as good. Yeah, that's six fewer victories against yeah. great competition. That is, that's significant. Again, I think you know we'll see what happens this weekend. I think Arizona State's got a pretty good shot to be the number one seed. I, I, you're probably right, and that would just be an amazing accomplishment for a team that's doing it when they lost their coach last November, and they've gone all year without their supposed number one starter in Josh Spence. I, I they, they've clearly adjusted. Josh Spence is not a factor. Right. But let's give the credit where credit's due. I'm more impressed guys. that they were able to replace Mike Leake and Jason Kipnis. Yeah, that too. That too. But they knew they had to do that. Yeah, they did. But, I mean, those were the two those best players on that team. You know, back-to-back Pac-10 Pitcher of the Year, uh, Pac-10 Player of the Year. I mean, you replace those guys and not miss a beat, it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's the, it's the Baseball America podcast with John Manuel and Aaron Fitt. Aaron, uh, the rest of our top ten, not a lot of big-time news. I think one team we haven't talked a ton about, just looking down our rankings, uh, is Auburn. Um, and Auburn is en fuego, I believe is the word. Uh, they not just, we, I think we did mention that they're going to the SEC tournament for the first time since, what, 2003? But they won the SEC West. They really just down the stretch just kept just clubbing people. I think we know uh, how good they are offensively. I think we knew coming into the year – and, and this is they're kind of like Florida and San Diego and they had a very highly regarded recruiting class. It's been a little bit of a delayed reaction. Yeah. But as juniors, Brian Fletcher has finally been a little bit more consistent. Hunter Morris, you wrote about him this year. He lost all the weight. He lost like 30 pounds. Yeah. And he's been a much more effective player. Really, arguably the best offensive player in the SEC this year, Hunter Morris. certainly make that case. He's right up there with anybody yeah. else in that league. And then uh, Kevin Patterson, yeah. who's been in and out of the lineup, still had the big pinch hit home run on Thursday. Yeah, 15 or 16 home runs. I mean, the guy has been an impact player because he's, you know, when he came in, scouts were really excited about Kevin Patterson. Right. I remember because we ranked Auburn's recruiting class that year as, as a top 10 class somewhere. Yeah, it was in the top five, I thought. Might yeah. have been in the top five. Uh, and Kevin Patterson was even more than Hunter Morris, the guy right. that, that scouts were really excited about. You're not going to believe this guy's power, they kept saying. Yeah. You know, he can hit the ball a mile. Disappointing college career, but boy, he's got huge power and he's connected uh, quite a bit this year. Yeah, and, he, and, and he's an impact guy off the bench, which is hard he started, to find. And he started some, but he's uh, right, right. He, he's certainly an impact guy. Then the thing is, his defense is poor. Yeah, and it really minimizes him. But let's talk a little bit about Auburn's chances postseason wise, Aaron. I mean, they really don't have. An ace. No. But talk a little bit about their their team outside of that offense. Yeah. What, what stands out for you about Auburn? Well, first of all, I mean, you know, they've got a couple of, of competitive uh, lefties in the rotation that, you know, that I like. I mean, guys like uh, Corey Lucky and Grant Dayton, they've been giving them good outings. Uh, that's what they need is they need they need guys who are going to eat innings. For Corey them. Lucky seems like he's really kind of stepped forward in the yeah. second half. He's been their Friday, been guy, their Friday guy, and yeah. he's been consistent. And Grant Dayton has been pretty good on Sundays. and. Uh, you know, this week they they got a freshman uh, right-hander named Slade Smith step up out of the the bullpen on, uh, in the middle game. Uh, and gave him five and two-thirds scoreless, so that might be an X factor there. Uh, but you know, I, I just think that they're they're a pretty obviously the offense is what stands out. Right. I mean, they, they, they can out. they can hit a lot of home runs. Trent Mummy also has like 15 home runs. I forgot about Trent Mummy. And, and he's he's a great player. I mean, he he's plays a, good he's defense in center. He can run and he's got some power. I mean, that, let, I like him a let's lot. Let's talk about the fact that Trent Mummy. Is that has an 8.26 slugging percentage. Jeez. Let's talk about the fact that he has 15 home runs and 121 at bats, and Kevin Patterson has 16 home runs and 106 at bats. Man. But Mummy can play center field. You know, I mean, the state of Alabama is those two main, those two SEC teams. Those are some center fielders. Do you want Trent Mummy 
who's got a, a thirteen hundred or twelve, you know, close to a thirteen hundred OPS and plays center field and has a big arm, or do you want Tyler Dugas or Taylor Dugas over at Alabama, who's got like a six hundred on base percentage almost and a ton of like, walks? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's just, I just struck out like ten times all year. Yeah. I think, uh, and who was their shortstop, Aaron, who also was injured earlier in the year and then came back? Uh, that, that's Casey McElroy. Yeah, so they're, they're hitting three fifty four as a team. You can't fake that uh, and you just build, just build that up out of non-conference. But between they're, they're, Lucky, Dayton, Cole Nelson. They're dangerous. Yeah, they, I think they are dangerous. They're going to host a regional. They're definitely going to host a regional. And here's the question. Can they be a national seed? I mean, they're 12th in the latest Warren Nolan RPI. Um, they just swept Ole Miss at Ole Miss. And they, I mean, they beat Pomeranz on Friday. They did Pomeranz, Pomeranz was good. He wasn't <coughs> – excuse me, I haven't talked to a scout who saw him there yet. But Pomeranz was good. He pitched into the eighth inning. He had the strikeouts. He left a couple guys on base. So it was an inherited runner. He left with the lead. Inherited runners came in when Patterson hit the home run. Yeah. But they beat Drew Pomeranz at his place at his best. Not everybody can say that. Here's the thing. Last week we were talking about South Carolina as a pretty pretty solid bet for a national seat. Right now... Right now, Auburn is, is 12th in the RPI. South Carolina is 13. Auburn won its division in the SEC West. South, South Carolina, Carolina didn't. Did I mean, South Carolina did finish a little ahead uh, in, in, in the conference. 21-10 versus uh, 21 and 9. It's yeah. a game ahead. Right. You know, so, I mean, I think Auburn finished stronger than South Carolina. I mean, they played very well down the stretch. Um, I think Auburn's got a case. I think Auburn has a good case. I, I don't mean, know if it's going to happen, but they got a case. I mean, I think I think there's that's one of those things where they haven't lost a weekend since the middle of April when they lost two out of three at Vanderbilt. I mean, loss is a loss. The last game they were the three-two loss yeah. to Jack Armstrong. He's he's fairly good. Yeah. So I mean, that, I, I think you have to one look a series at, at Arkansas. I mean, it, there's you know they certainly LSU is is down, but they did win a series against LSU. I mean, and then they like I said swept that miss at Ole Miss this weekend. Those are two very nice. Road series wins, and you know they played South Carolina tough. South Carolina, to their credit, one. Of, I think the other thing for Auburn is I don't think they got swept. I don't know if they got swept all year. Yeah. So that you know that always helps you. Um, you know do, when you're looking at RPI, you're looking at building up a big conference record. You know in the ACC, we're talking about North Carolina not even making the ACC tournament. Here, and the reason they didn't make the ACC tournament is a the Coastal Division is very stout. They went one and eleven against the Coastal Division. They got swept yeah. three times. Uh, four times, I guess, in the conference. Some of which has been three times. I think it's three. Yeah, and then they lost the other one. Uh, to the one, they lost, went one and two against uh, the Duke, Duke University. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at uh, – that's why – if North Carolina doesn't get an at-large bid, that's why they're not getting an at-large bid. We both think they're going to get an at-large. That's yeah. That's Virginia Tech, don't we? Yeah, they're they're now a top-20 RPI team that finished fairly strong. They're 36-20 and 20 overall. I mean, I, I, I don't know that a, a team with an RPI that high has ever been left out. If it has been, it's been an SEC team, you know, that's that's had a gaudy RPI. It doesn't usually happen with ACC teams. But we know the we know the committee likes the RPI though, and and you know, I mean, I think their case is pretty comparable to Oklahoma State's last year, except I think it's better than Oklahoma State's case yeah, last or year. Or Baylor. Or Baylor. I mean, well, I mean, I think it's comparable to Baylor. I don't think it's necessarily better than Baylor's case. Okay. Uh, but but I mean, Oklahoma State didn't. We talked about it last year. Didn't have any quality series wins. North Carolina has two at Clemson and and they just and they just swept Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Those, to me, that's that's enough. I mean, I, I don't know that I don't. I'm still not saying that they should necessarily be in. Right. But I right. think that they will be. I think the fact that there are not a lot of great other options out there is uh, works in North Carolina's favor. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Clemson. I know you're going to write a little bit about them in three strikes. But I think one part of the Clemson-Florida State series is that we've been talking about Florida State being kind of been like a little poppy. They've been a little sloppy. You know, the the last few weeks, 
They've lost a lot of Friday games. Um, it's like Sean Gilmartin was recruited to hit, and then accidental Friday starter, and now he's he's pitching like he was recruited to hit. I'm yeah. not putting it all on him. But Florida State's been a little sloppy lately. They they get swept. It's, it's either Florida State or Clemson. Like if if it gets down to it, isn't Clemson gonna be a regional host, and Florida State might be in danger of not if they don't play well in the ACC tournament? All of a sudden, Clemson's resume looks better. I mean, I'm, they're back to back in the RPI. Clemson's 18 and 11 against the top 50 versus Florida State 13 and 12. I mean, Clemson, you know, just swept them. I mean, it's. I think it, I think it will come down to what happens in the ACC tournament between those two teams because I think they're they're very close. Florida State was the more consistent team this year. They won uh, more weekend series consistently. They hadn't been swept. They hadn't been swept. They hadn't really. They had won most of their series. I mean, there was a lot of two out of threes and there was sloppy, yeah. but but, but they wins win a win. Series. Oh, you're you, know, right. you win a series against Miami in a couple of comeback fashion. Well, it still counts. That's right. Win to win exactly. They were behind all three of those games. They still won two. Doesn't matter. Miami another another ACC club. I think they just confirm what you've been saying about them, both in our poll meetings and in the chat, Aaron. Miami's a good team. They're clearly not a great team. They've Every series against teams ranked either with them or above, or teams that are good teams, quote-unquote, going to regionals, chance to host, Miami has lost this they've series. Played, they've played five series against top 25 teams, and they've lost all five. And they haven't been swept, but they haven't won any of those series. One and and some of those series were winnable, but you could say the same thing for North Carolina. I mean, they should have won several of those series. I mean, they, they were in position to. Uh, you got to win the games. I don't think Miami's. I just don't think Miami's an elite team. They're going to host a regional because they're top ten in the RPI, and you know they have a good conference record. They took care of business against the, the weak teams in that league, and that, that means that they are a good team. Yeah, no, you're right. Let's but they're talk, not great. Let's talk a little bit about the regional picture, Aaron, because that's uh, you know not so much who's getting in. Let's talk about the hosts. Uh, obviously, a lot of this can change with the with the top 25 and uh, and with I should say with conference tournaments. But regional hosts, we've got a, a fair amount of locks. Which are the ones that are in play for you? Who's in, who's like on that on that back end bubble? We talked about Florida State, Clemson. Does Alabama have a chance to host? No, they have a really no, high RPI. I, I don't think so. That's one of those. That's one of those that I agree. the RPI doesn't matter. They're not going to host. All right. How about UConn and Oregon, my two personal yeah. cheese balls? I would love to see the NCAA tournament, the, the, the committee, stick a regional at Oregon or Oregon State, if Oregon State happens to finish strong this weekend. Uh, you know, stick one in the Pacific Northwest. Wazoo. Can Wazoo host? I don't know. But I'd love to see a, a regional in freaking uh, Pullman. <laughs> Pullman. That would be awesome. The Idaho regional. Yeah. It's not Idaho. I know, but... Um, but UConn is UConn going to host? They didn't win the Big East regular season. I think I think they got a pretty good shot. I mean, I think they probably would host as a two seed, maybe. I mean, with Florida State as their one, maybe something, awesome something like that. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that. I still kind of think Florida State's going to host, but okay. uh, but I mean, again, it depends what happens this weekend. Florida State's all of a sudden on the hosting bubble for hey, sure. Send send, uh, send New Englander Jack Leggett up to up to UConn. That'll be cool. Clemson. He'll yeah. bring all his uh, Vermonsters out there. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think that the geographic. Advantages there. I think working UConn's favor. UConn's had a really good year. You know, I think they've only lost one weekend series all year. It was two out of three uh, at Louisville. Right. Um, you know they finished a half game back in the Big East. They're 43 and 12. They, they played a pretty good non-conference schedule. It wasn't great, but it was some of the teams. To be pretty yeah. Good, I mean, like they played Ohio State and beat them. I mean, the Ohio State was supposed to be good. I mean, they played Tennessee. You know, USC. Some some name teams. Um, they went to the West Coast and took right. three out of four against Cal State Northridge. I mean, you know that that's and, and that was in, in February, I think. I mean, that's you know for yeah, Northeast team to to go beat a Southern California team three out of four, that's saying something. So. Absolutely. But speaking of the Big Ten, 
Ohio State finishes 11 and 13 in the league. Didn't even go to the Big Ten tournament. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I mean, Northwestern made the tournament. That's unbelievable. The fighting Foremans, the fighting Matt Foremans of the uh, of Northwestern. How about the Minnesota Golden Gophers? Can Twitter. they pr- deliver on the John Manuel dream, win the Big Ten yeah. tournament, and be an Omaha sleeper? No. <laughs> I guess the answer is no. Uh. <laughs> I think they're going to win the Big Ten tournament. I think, well, them or Michigan. I, mean, I think clearly, to me, those are the two best teams in that league. But Jack uh, Dom and Iowa. Iowa, Northwestern, Purdue, all those teams are, are just really surprising that they're in the Big Ten tournament. Ohio State, Illinois are not. And even State. even Michigan State, which I thought, you know, early in the year I was I was coming around on that team. They're not in either. And Penn State had gotten hot a few weeks ago. They're not in. Yeah, that that league uh, is about as topsy and turvy, and that's a one bid yeah. league if I ever oh, saw yeah. one. Oh yeah, it's a it's a no doubter one bid league. Um, I I think I, I think I do like Minnesota the best. I mean, you and I both were high on them in the preseason. I, you of course went out on a bigger limb than I uh, <laughs> with your Omaha sleeper, but I mean, I, I think I wrote about them in my preseason three strikes as a team that I could see making that kind of a leap. I mean, I they think you did. they yeah, got talent, John, and and it just took them a while to get going, but they're. They're they're back almost to 500 overall after being really really down. That's a great coaching job by John Anderson and, and Rob Fornes here and uh, you know and those guys to, to to get that program back on or that that team back on track after they were really down in the dumps. It's really amazing. But the I mean last year the Big Ten was really legitimately good. Yeah, there were three legitimate teams. And I really thought all three of those teams, like if Indiana had won a regional, it wouldn't have shocked me. With no, their pitching. no I, I think I actually might have picked them to win that regional. I, I, I was bullish on Indiana last we year. We were, we were. And, uh, and, and you know, and it just this year, it's like, uh, there's just no chance. that You, can, you can't even fathom the Big Ten team, champion unless it's Minnesota winning a regional. I can't. I can't fathom if Iowa wins the Big Ten tournament and then goes and wins a regional. Maybe, no, no offense to the Hawkeyes. Maybe Michigan, just because yeah, they, they've they got do. some arms. They've got, you know, an All-American Lamar. caliber player with Ryan Lamar. they got some. I mean, Michigan's okay. I, I, you know, but I agree with you. I do think Minnesota could still actually be dangerous in a regional. I, they've played very well in the second half. I mean, they play very well. They've got momentum. It's a great time for Minnesota baseball. The Twins are hot. Nick Blackburn's won five straight decisions. Let's go. Let's go, Minnesota. Uh... Let's touch on the Pac-10 real quick, Aaron. I had to throw Nick Blackburn in there. Of course you did. He dealt on Friday, dude. <laughs> Seven scoreless. Wow, all right. Uh, then he, of course, pitched the eighth and gave up three more runs. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress again. I'm worried in the Pac-10, Aaron. We've talked about that Pac-10. We've ranked eight of the ten Pac-10 teams that have been in the top 25 this year. It's starting to look, though, like a couple of these teams are not going to make regionals. I'm looking at you, Cal Bears. And I think I'm looking at you. Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, I think Arizona's still in pretty good shape. You I mean, got Arizona and Oregon State head to head for three games this weekend. It's big at Corvallis. If the Oste Ballas say they sweep that series and they're thirteen and fourteen, and Arizona is eleven and sixteen, or if they oh win boy. that series, Oregon State's RPI is right up there. They are the Oste Ballas. Um, can Oregon State do anything? Do they have to sweep that series to get in? You think? No, I think if they win two out of three, I think they're in. I think they have to win that series. I think that is a must-win series for Oregon State. But if you win two out of three, you're 12 and 15. I mean, that's that's fringy. That's close. Uh, they do have a top 30 RPI. Uh, I mean, that's tough. Maybe they do need to sweep. That's I mean, it's gonna be close. It's looking more though, and they and they have a midweek game against Oregon. Oh, Oregon. Yeah. I think they probably should win that game if they want to get into the NCAA tournament. I think a three and one week is imperative. Yeah. If you're if you're Oregon this week. I agree. But then you've got if you're Oregon State, I should say. But then you have Cal has lost seven straight, and they're finishing with four on the road. Yeah, I mean, are the Cal Bears going to be I in the tournament? I think they're in trouble. I think I'm going to leave them out of this week's stock report. I think they're they're trending the wrong direction. That's for sure. Um, 
Losing seven straight, whereas UCLA has won seven straight. And Wazoo is the other team that has obviously come on big time. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that ball club and, and just the job that, that, that they've done as a program there. I'm blanking on the coach's name. I can't Donnie Marbot. Donnie Marbot. But, I mean, Donnie did a, has been a Pacific Northwest guy, took over the program there at a time when uh, his predecessor had some real off-field, and there were some things they weren't winning enough, and there were some other incidents on the field. And he's not only taken over the program and recruited better talent, he's just winning. He's, just, he's doing what you're supposed to yeah. do with a Pac-10 program. He's, making, he's not yep. whining about it. He's not complaining. He's recruiting talent to Pullman, Washington, and he's winning. It's, a, it's a really impressive. They're, they're a ball club full of grinders, and I think that comes from the coach. I mean, he's, he's got that hard-nosed mentality. Um, and they have some arms, it sounds like. They do. I mean, Chad Arnold on, on Fridays, is a, he's a quality Pac-10, you know, average Friday guy. He's going to compete every time out there. He's right. going to give you a chance to win. He's not overpowering, but he's got pretty good stuff. He's a, you know, I think last year Coach Marbot said he was one of the most important recruits that they had ever had there that, to get him to come to school. Um, you know, he had some, some health issues, and he kind of came through the came through it, and now he's a reliable guy. And, and Adam Conley, uh, the sophomore left-hander who pitched eight strong on Sunday, um, he's that, got a great arm. That, I mean, that, that guy's picked a, a click. He has picked a click. Team, he, he was he was a guy in the NECBL last year who was in the the top ten uh, one of the top ten prospects in the NECBL. That was before his velocity jumped. Yeah. Um, you know we we had him as kind of a loose projectable left-hander, and then all of a sudden it you, you know he started to project. I mean it, you know it, it, right. the, the velocity jumped up. At, you touch mid nineties now and then. I mean he's 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 good. He's going to be really good next year um, as a draft guy. I think John and. and uh, you know, have those two guys bookending your rotation. They've got athletes like Derek Jones out there. Yeah, they're right fielders. I mean, some some good. good veterans. Yeah, Gary Keekendall. Uh, I might have butchered the pronunciation of that name. It's okay. But I did my best. That's okay. Uh, they're, they're they're pretty good. I mean, I, I don't you know, I, I don't know if I if I think they're going to win a regional, but but they're certainly going to be in a regional. There's no question about that. Yeah, they they've gotten hot at the right time. But I do think we're starting to th- see the Pac-10. I think is looking more like a five or six bid league, even though I think it has seven or eight kind of deserving teams, but Cal and Arizona and Oregon State, I think you're looking at one of those three, not two of those three. Yeah, you're right. For regionals. Uh, I think you're right. Mark Livingston emailed us at podcast at baseballamerica.com. We should go ahead and take this uh, podcast question. We want to encourage you to send those in. You can also post those on our Facebook page. Um, But basically, Mark has a statement. Uh, The RPI is a ridiculous thing. Does anyone, even LSU fans, think they're a top 25 team? That was last week. Now they're like a top 30 team. Yet nothing ever happens to them. They never get hurt in the RPI. Um, they lose a three-game series at home to Vanderbilt, and their RPI actually improves. They had lost 11 of their 12 SEC games, squeezing in a 7-4 loss to New Orleans for good measure. Their non-conference schedule was weak. Yeah, that's where they built up a lot of their wins. Um, from what I've read, 17 in the Pac-10 have a top-10 uh, strength of schedule, yet they don't get the same RPI breaks. It needs to be trash. It shouldn't be used as even a small part of the decision. Um, Aaron basically... Uh, you read this this email. I think I get the uh, hit the high points for our listeners. I think we both tend to agree. I'm not so strong about. I think the RPI can be a useful piece. I always think the RPI works very well at comparing teams within a region, within a conference, within a geographic region. But that it's apples to oranges when you're comparing the RPI in the Pacific, in the West Coast, to the Southeast or the Northeast or the Midwest. What say you, Aaron? Fitch? Just in general, is the RPI a ridiculous thing or is it? Flawed but useful. I mean, it drives me crazy. I, I agree to some degree with with the the emailer. Um, you know, he's right. And LSU's case is not is not real good. I mean, I, I look at their resume. I'm not impressed. Uh, they did win a series against Arkansas. 
But that's it. I mean, what and else? That was their first SEC series of the, of the year, was it not? Uh, it, uh, it was first certainly early. It was certainly early. Um, I don't really, you know, I'm not impressed with it. Right? They're at 36 and 20, so they've won some games. And, and their 36 know. and 20 is not that different from North Carolina's 36 and 20, is it? No, you're 100% right. They're both 14 and 16 in their league. North Carolina's ahead in the RPI, incidentally. Wow. <laughs> really? That yeah. doesn't make sense. North Carolina's well, 19, LSU's 28. I did not. I did not know that. That's weird, wild stuff. Um, I think I, I look at North Carolina's RPI. How the heck are they so high? How, how, are, you know? how are North Carolina and Alabama in the top twenty in RPI? No offense to Alabama, but they're fifteen and fifteen in the league, and they've been wildly vacillating uh, between oh they're hot, oh they're not, oh they're hot, oh they're not. I mean, I'll give Alabama. Let's give Jimmy Nelson some props. Alabama the last two weekends needed to win to get in the SEC tournament yeah. and to get in the NCAA tournament. And Jimmy Nelson went out and threw back-to-back complete games. I mean, that guy, there have been some questions about the makeup with Jimmy Nelson. I'm just coming at it from a draft standpoint. That's a guy who I would not want to face in a regional. I would not want Alabama to be my number two, and I'm the number one. And Alabama wins their first game without using Jimmy Nelson. And then you got to face Jimmy yeah. Nelson in, that one, in, the, in the winner's game. That guy could beat anybody in the country. I'm not... He's yeah. not that great, but he's going to be a second or third round pick. He's got a great arm. He's certainly. got a big time arm. He can and he's be starting to really. He's taken that step the last two weeks. I think he deserves some. You know, and people in that league talk very highly also about Nathan Kilcrease yeah. for Alabama. Their I mean, best players are five seven and five six yeah. in Dugas and Kilcrease, and we talk about their juniors and, and the Ross Wilson. Their infield got all the attention this year. Ross Wilson's taking a step back. Josh Rutledge is a really nice college shortstop, but. Nathan Kilcrease and Taylor Dugas are their, their two best players. It's uh, it's awesome, actually. It's a only in college baseball kind of deal. Yeah, but but I, I agree with you. I mean, I think there are there are pads a little inflated, but at least they've won some quality series. I mean, North That's, Carolina. You look at their non-conference schedule, and their best series win non-conference is Michigan. Yeah, versus Alabama, which is at college, college Charleston, Charleston. And, and they won two out of three. That's good. That's, That's, That's impressive. Pretty good. I, I like that as well. We had one other email. Uh, that we've had a lot of emails about TCU this year. Kelly Bonds at tcu.edu wants to know, um, is there any way TCU does not have to go through Austin to get to Omaha, Aaron? Um, that he, she fears, he or she fears, that the Air Force loss uh, last weekend killed the Frogs' super regional host chances. What say you about our sixth-ranked sixth Horned Frogs? Yeah, I think, I think the emailer is probably right. I think that uh, TCU uh, is probably not going to be a national seed, and and – you know, it's it's again. It comes down to the RPI. I don't think that's necessarily right. I mean, if I were filling out the field, I would probably put TCU as a national seed because they haven't lost a weekend series all year. They have played a good schedule, non-conference. They've done the best they could. They won a series at Cal State Fullerton. You know, they they played in the the minute the minute made thing, and I think they went two and one there. Yeah, I think you're right against some good teams. I mean, I like TCU. I believe in their talent. Um, I think they're an Omaha-caliber team. It's going to be tough if they have to go through Austin, which it certainly is looking like they probably will. It does look like they will, and I wouldn't want to play Texas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. is there? I mean, I just don't see. I, mean, I said in the in the poll meeting this morning, I just don't see how most of those teams at the top that 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 top four. If any of those top four teams don't get to Omaha, that's going to be a massive upset, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and and you know TCU. Uh, it's, the, the problem is the only other host in, in that host candidate in that in that area is Oklahoma, and they get, can't be paired with Texas because they're in the same conference. So I mean, maybe I, TCU. I mean, Oklahoma did win, I think, twice head to head with TCU, did it not? Yeah. So maybe maybe Oklahoma, maybe Oklahoma hosts ahead of TCU. I think they both host. I think they both host as well. And I think I, let's give it to Oklahoma. We talked a lot about the Big Twelve not really having a lot of separation in that league, but Oklahoma did it. They separated themselves. Yeah. 
uh, what are we looking at in the, to wrap up the podcast? What are we looking at in the rest of the of the Big Twelve? Is there a does the Big Twelve have yeah. enough? Uh, are they going to be a five bid league? It's looking like a five bid league to me now because Texas Tech and Kansas, I think, are in a lot of trouble after the, both getting swept this weekend. Texas Tech got swept by Nebraska. They're done. Yeah, you're uh, right. They're done. They're twenty seven and twenty seven overall they're now. They're forget about. Well, them. they're under five hundred. So if they go one and two in the tournament, they're for sure done. Right. They can't right. get in with yep. a sub-500 record unless you win your conference That's tournament, right. and that won't happen for them. Um, Kansas, I think, is, is in Carry trouble. on my wayward I son. Mean, yeah, jeez. Yeah, you know, 11-15 now in the league. It's I think Kansas' chances are like dust in the wind. <laughs> I can't Good believe reference. I just that Good way. reference. Six, uh, Kansas is 54 in the RPI. I mean, that's, that's, it's not going to happen for them. I mean, with a, a, 11 and 15 in the league, they need to have a strong RPI to get in, and, and they don't. So we think Baylor's? But Baylor, yeah, but Baylor, I think, is the fifth team. I mean, Baylor is strong. range in the RPI? Exactly. They have 36 right now in the RPI. I think that's good enough. I and mean, they're 12 and 13 in the league. They finished strong. I think they won their last two series. Um, I think you're right. Uh, swept Oklahoma State this weekend when they had to. I think Baylor gets in. I think that's the fifth team from the Big 12. So it, I'm glad that league has crystallized a little bit because last week I didn't know what to do with that league. It took them 14 weeks, yeah. but they finally crystallized. And it's taken us 14 weeks of podcasts. But I hope we've uh, entertained you. <clears throat> uh, I hope we've entertained despite my throat this week. Yeah, but it's I, not I, been your best vocal performance It, it has not been. But you know I love doing the college podcast here. And I'm, as long as the season is in as much of a grind as it is for you, I will lament the end of the college podcast, but we'll be back next week with the most fired up podcast on the planet when we have some Usually. outrage. You know, maybe the committee will surprise us and do a great job, and we'll just be lauding the committee for their, their insight. But uh, That would be less fun. <laughs> I would have more fun probably getting all uh, bent in shape. I, I, w- I would probably have more fun doing that, but last year was a lot of fun. I, I, I do think, actually, like you talked about with the Big 12, that seems like it's happening more, Aaron. There's... Seems like a little bit more crystallization of who's yeah. in and who's out, but yeah. you never know with conference tournaments. I don't understand why most baseball leagues even have conference tournaments. Uh, the regular season should matter more in baseball than anywhere else. But we'll see what happens with the conference tournaments. We are sending you to the Southeastern Conference tournament. Uh, I will be going not all the, not to every game, but I'll be going to a couple of ACC tournament games um, over in Greensboro, North Carolina. So we'll have reports from there. We can look. People can look for you on secsports.com. Yeah, uh, they're going to be uh, streaming a pre-tournament show tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, and you'll Start, be on starts that. at noon. Um, noon Eastern, or noon Central. No, it might be noon Central. I I, I should probably check that. But I think it, it is noon Central. I think it is noon Central. It starts. Uh, we're going to be on the field at the uh, during batting practice of the SEC tournament. We're going to announce the uh, All SEC team live on the air. Um, we're going to have interviews with some coaches and players, hopefully, and Coulter Bean is going to be stopping by in that the second so hour. That is so awesome. Can you please uh, ask Coulter Bean, best SEC submarine closer of all time, Coulter Bean, Connor Falkenbach, Darren O'Day. He's, he needs wow. A, I, I'm, I will I'm, ask him that. I think I'm voting Darren O'Day just because I just interviewed him. Darren O'Day voted for himself, that's for sure. And I'm, I'm with Darren on that one. Uh, that's gonna be my. I'll have to make some T-shirts. I'm with Darren. Nice. I'm with O'Day. But Aaron will be live at the SEC tournament. Tweeting, blogging, streaming live on SECsports.com. So we're excited about that. We'll be at the ACC tournament, and we'll be here with you next week, even on Memorial Day. No holiday at Baseball America when the 25, uh, when the 64 Field of 64 is released. And uh, we'll tweet about it, we'll blog about it, and we'll come back here on the podcast and talk about it at BaseballAmerica.com. We also want to remind you that uh, when it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini changed the game with Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right and visit your nearest demo house today. 
Locations and full details can be found at dmarini.com backslash demo house. If you haven't memorized that by now, you're weaker than me because I haven't memorized it yet. It's, it's in there, but I haven't memorized it yet. And we thank DeMarini for sponsoring the podcast all year to allow us to talk about college baseball, and obviously we have a passion for it. So for Aaron, I'm John. We'll see you next week on the Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody.